Hello, and welcome to Collision Cast, Fender Bender's official podcast, helping collision repair shop operators make money, save money, and work smarter. I'm Paul Hodawanek, staff writer for Fender Bender, and today we have part two of our Fender Bender Management Conference interview medley. Last week, we talked to Doug Volsky and Mike Anderson, and this week we have a trio of really, really good resources that you're going to hear from. First, we're going to talk to Greg Lobsiger, owner of Lauren's Auto Body, about lean principles that he's implemented in his shop. Then we're going to talk to Cheryl Driggers, a former shop owner who recently sold her business, about the importance of finding a mentorship. And finally, we're going to bring in Megan Williams, a staple on this podcast, to talk about marketing in your shop. First up, Greg. Hello, everyone. Dave McMahon, editor of Fender Bender Magazine here at the 2021 Fender Bender Management Conference. Greg, Greg Lobsiger has decided to uh, spend some of his valuable time with us here this morning. Um, and I wanted to talk to Greg just for a few minutes here about his uh, lean initiatives that he's implemented at his shop. And uh, boy, Greg, I know just from uh, reading some previous articles and uh, knowing about you and your business that the the, uh, the major effort that you've put into lean over the past decade plus, perhaps, what was it that first interested you or got you uh, spurred to go lean? Um, Collision repair can be complex, and uh, we're not making chiclets. You know, we're not uh, <laughs> making curtain rod rings. We're fixing cars that uh, may have need a bumper or one that needs a complete side. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to figure out how to try to level out that uh, process so that the cars can move out a little bit like a, at a drum beat. Okay. And as, as from where I was raised to where we are now, we're definitely <laughs> in a different place. And uh, uh, the thing about uh, uh, lean, and we could spend hours talking about it, which uh, we won't do that now, <laughs> but uh, um, there is so much power in it's a, it's a, a strategic we- weapon is what lean is. And it can take shops to places that they, they, they can't imagine. Uh, it was kind of a wave through the industry back about probably 13, 14 years ago. Uh, a few things stuck, like blueprinting and things like that. But uh, uh, a lot of it was just such deep thinking that uh, so many guys just kind of glossed over and, and moved on. But uh, uh, fortunately, I've been able to work with some really, really smart guys that really uh, wanted wanted to help me. Sure. And uh, so I've, I've spent... Uh, uh, um, I've got lean as much as I can get it in my blood, so <laughs> or in my brain, I'll put it that well, way. That's so. awesome. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just looking at um, you know when you you talk lean from a thirty thousand uh, foot standpoint, getting it to be impl- getting it to be implemented into the shop uh, culture, um, into the daily operations. How? Uh, what are some a couple of key things you could point to that's allowed you guys to uh, flourish in a lean environment? Yeah, I would I would say that um, again back to working on our processes okay. and uh, whether you're you're flying an airplane or whether you're um, uh, a surgeon or whether you're a uh, uh, technician working on cars, we still have to have uh, uh, work standards to go by and. The more you adhere to those work standards, um, if there's a problem, then the, the you know you need to change the work standard. Sure. And uh, we're trying to make the work easier. And when you go home in the day, it's it's okay to go home uh, maybe maybe physically being somewhat tired, but when you go home tired and you're ticked off, that's not very fun. Right. And uh, so that's and I'm and I want to want my guys to make good money. Right. Better money than anybody in the market. So. Okay. Fantastic. Um, and then what are some uh, you know when you look back to uh, before you you know took on this initiative uh 
would, would if somebody came into your shop today versus beforehand, what would be a, a thing or two that they would notice that uh, would really take them by surprise? You think uh, everything, yeah. uh, everything has changed. The way we take cars apart, the way we check in cars, the way we sell the jobs, the uh, the way we estimate uh, every every facet of, of uh, now maybe pounding out the dent may be the same. Okay, uh, maybe actually spraying the paint on may be somewhat the same, but uh, everything else has changed. The way we move cars through the cars that the cars come in the, the same amount of cars come in each day rather than all in on monday and out on friday it's right. it's a it has been an extreme amount of fun right um we'll have some uh some younger uh owner operators here at the show this week that uh you know they may not be uh yet getting into that lean uh motive what's like the final tip or suggestion you might give to somebody who's thinking about uh you know, going all in with a lean thought process. I, I will say that that uh, I've been working with just this year. Uh, I've spent quite a bit of money with some lean coaches. Mm-hmm. I get bored, and okay. honestly, at this stage where I'm at, and uh, so I want to uh, do whatever to keep keep learning. Uh, the, the more you learn, the the more uh, the, the brighter outlook you have on life. Sure. Yeah. Uh, when you're learning new things, and so I've been able to connect with some really good guys that have some uh, deep roots in collision repair and a lot of other industries also. Mm-hmm. But um, just this year, we've we've had some very good gains, and uh, you have to swallow your pride. Okay. You have to be able to swallow your pride to right. be able to, to listen to just people smarter than, for me, to, for me to listen to part, people smarter than my, myself. Exactly. So. Cool. Well, Greg, appreciate your time. Some great insight there on, right. the, uh, you, on the Lean Initiative. And uh, again, everybody, Dave McMahon here, editor of Fender Manor Magazine, coming to you live from the uh, Fender Manor Management Conference 2021 here at the uh, Hyatt Regency, Minneapolis. Next up, Cheryl Driggers. And Cheryl, thanks to thanks so much for taking a little time out of your busy schedule to join us here. Absolutely. Glad to be here. Cool. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to, uh, you know, I know that your guys' uh, shops where you've had just incredible performance and your uh, stature in the industry is uh, super impressive. Thank you. Could you just talk to our audience a little bit about uh, who you have as a mentor in the industry from a leadership perspective? Sure. Um, and, you know, how and why that person is uh, important to you? Okay. Um, well, I would say one of my top mentors would be Mike Anderson, and I think he is um, that for so many other people in this industry. Mm-hmm. I-, I met Mike probably 15 plus years ago. Mm-hmm. I was attending one of his classes and immediately just connected with him. Um, his passion for the industry, and I think most importantly, his passion for doing what is right in the face of sometimes people not wanting to do what is right. Oh, that, um, that's awesome. Um, what was the, uh, you know, when you look back to uh, maybe how your leadership style was before you, um, you know, became to know Mike and what's been the biggest change that you've seen from yourself over the past 15 years from a, from a leadership perspective? Um, from a leadership perspective. So when I opened our first location back in 2001, it was 20 years ago, mm-hmm. um, I was in my twenties. So I didn't have a mentor at that point and I didn't have someone who taught me how to be a good and strong leader. Sure. And what I saw was, you know, over time, just the stress of the business, you know, turned me into someone that I did not like. And I was very much um, a dominating leader. I was more of a commander than a coach. Okay. Uh, and so my leadership journey transformed when I realized the impact that I was having on the people around me um, because of the way that I led. And so I began investing in my leadership development and what 
in asking myself those questions of what kind of impact do I want to have on the people around me versus what I'm actually doing right now. Fantastic. That's a great story to tell. I know there's going to be a a lot of uh, future leaders. We have uh, an entire uh, path for them here at the conference. What would you say is, um, you know, from looking back to where you Mm -hmm. were, a lot of these folks are going to be looking for a mentor themselves. How does that uh, young person just getting into the industry uh, go about finding that mentor? Well, I think putting yourselves in um, a place to meet people, okay. um, like conferences, like the Fender Bender Conference, mm-hmm. go to as many industry events as you possibly can attend, mm-hmm. and there will no doubt be people that you can connect with. Right. Um, there are so many people in this industry that want to give back, that want to pour into others. Mm-hmm. So I'd say definitely connect with people at conferences. Cool. Um, and then when when you look back to when you first uh, got into the uh, business, what was... Uh, you know, uh, when you looked at, you talked about your leadership style had changed. Um, reflect on maybe what some of the traits were when you first started sure. versus where you are now for, sure. as, from a leadership standpoint. Um, so when I first started, I was definitely focused on task, results, strategy, outcomes, okay. bottom line information only. Um, and that is how I um, naturally am driven of mm-hmm. just task and outcomes. And so I had to be very intentional to work on developing relationships with people and okay. putting people before those tasks and outcomes and strategies. Right. Fantastic. So, uh, Cheryl, we certainly appreciate you taking the uh, time here today. Um, we're looking forward to a fantastic conference and uh, good to see you. Um, thanks, everybody. Dave McMahon here, editor of Fender Bender Magazine, coming at you live from the Fender Bender Management Conference 2021 in Minneapolis. And finally, Megan Williams. Megan, first of all, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, well, we're uh, we're thrilled to get back live and in person and uh, get some uh, great knowledge and uh, intelligence share coming out of uh, coming out of the event. So, uh, yeah, just um, what can you share just with the uh, listeners just about where you see marketing the shops heading? Uh, yeah. you know, in the next. Uh, quarter heading into 2022? Yeah, heading into 2022, we are definitely still within that digital push. So a lot of people are, you know, cutting the cord within their homes for cable. And so that has kind of caused a digital shift with people moving dollars that are spent on TV um, and radio to kind of going towards the digital route where you're able to, you know, push those ads out across their phones or their laptops, as well as um, connected TV, which is basically like if you have streaming services. Okay, sure. Um, yeah. And how... Uh how easy or difficult is it for that uh, shop owner who's maybe not real familiar with the whole process? Yeah. Uh, you know, they're used to doing what they do. Um, this would be, this could be a, uh, a big change for them, perhaps. Um, what are some of the things you could talk to that shop owner about just uh, – you know, being ready to take that jump into the digital space. Yeah, absolutely. So the best thing is just to identify the right marketing agency to handle it. And so that's the beauty of digital is that it does all have to go through an agency with how it's set up. And so it actually can relieve a lot of stress on that shop owner who's wearing so many hats as it is. Um, But really the most important thing is just that they understand what the industry is and kind of who you're actually going after. Sure. And then uh, maybe a little bit too just about the... uh, the geographical uh, pinpoint that some of these digital uh, offerings can bring into the dealership. Yeah. Market. So what's great about digital is that you can pick literally whatever radius you want, but we definitely want to keep it really tailored. And so if you know that you're only going to pull customers or they're only going to be willing to m- drive eight to 10 miles, like we don't want to go outside that. If sure. anything, we want to stay within that range. Um, so typically, unless you're in a rural area, it's really great to keep it really precise around your location. Okay, cool. Um, and then when you uh, when you look at 
into the future, say 2022 and beyond, what, what are some of the things that you might see coming down the pipe that are that you personally are like, wow, this is really going to be cool when it takes off uh, for our space? Yeah. So there's a lot of things. Um, one of them being weather-based advertising mm-hmm. that I'm pretty excited about, especially when it comes to hail repair. Okay. Um, so weather-based advertising in the digital realm would look like if we have the campaign ready to go and set up, if you have hail in your area, those ads are immediately going to start serving out to people in your area that have been affected by that hail storm. Of course, there's other natural disasters that we could also kind of tailor them to. Um, but that's just something new that's not really been utilized yet. And I think there's a lot of potential. Wow. Yeah. That's uh, that's the first I've heard of that. That's, that sounds really uh, cool and beneficial to uh, to everybody in the industry. Um, and then what do you, what do you, uh, you know, just from a, from your marketing experience, um, what's like the number one thing you try to impart on shop owners? Just if you had, you know, that one or two key things that they might be able to um, enhance their marketing. Yeah. So definitely just making sure that they have all their value propositions and that they and their staff knows why should someone pick them to repair their vehicle. You know, um, something that was really helpful for that whenever I was in the shop network um, is having kind of like a luncheon or some type of training for your CSRs and estimators just to be like, what is the reason that someone should have us repair their vehicle. Sure, and okay. so we kind of came up with like a 20 second, you know, elevator pitch, if you will, as sure. to our certifications, advanced training, safest repairs, all those great things. Okay. Um, so that way they were all equipped. So if someone asked, they knew. So yeah, throughout the shop, everybody's yep. on the same page. And wow, that's a, uh, that's fantastic. Well, yeah, Megan, uh, appreciate you stopping yeah, thank by you. and joining us here on the show floor at uh, Fender Mentor Management Conference 2021. Dave McMahon, editor of Fender Mentor.